Welcome to the We Are Calvary podcast, where our mission is to share Jesus and help people experience life change. Thank you so much for listening. Here's this week's message. Okay, now listen, I'm going to talk fast. You got to listen fast. We should end up about the same time. Uh, Last week, the power and the presence of Jesus was in this place, and uh, manifested in the testimony of both Pastor Daniel's message, but also in the powerful testimony of, of Cody and Nikki, who shared their journey of suffering, their journey through some pretty difficult moments. And if you weren't here, I strongly recommend you go back last week and watch it, because it was, it was powerful, extremely powerful. And uh, it was just how God met them in the midst of their suffering. There's a, a second part of that story that I don't feel qualified to share, but who knows that someone can share it in the weeks ahead. Just a powerful follow-up that's amazing, just amazing what's come out of that. Uh, and out of their suffering, there came this deeper walk with Jesus. It wasn't just their story that spoke so powerfully to me. It was also your response. It was your response. There was this willingness, in my opinion, toward transparency. To be honest with the things that not only that they were dealing with, but that you deal with as well. And I was blessed by it. There was a sense in the, in the room that, that moment of authenticity, of a transparency that many came forward for prayer or just stood up because it was something that you could identify. Their wounds were your wounds. And many, many ladies in this room have struggled through much the same thing that Nikki did as well. And you, and, and you asked for prayer and, and it was an amazing moment. And, and to be honest with you, as I walked away from that service that weekend, I just sensed that there was this desire for something more of authenticity and transparency in who we are as a people. That too often we pretend. Too often we say things are okay when they're really not. I come from the old school church where you walked in and you say, hi, how are you? I'm fine, how are you? Oh, I'm good. And we both knew the other person was lying. But that's just what you did, right? That's how you pretended your way through being part of the church on, if you will, a Sunday morning. Uh, It said to me that there are people who indeed are looking for healing and seeking an authentic, deeper walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. I sense that's what's taking place at Calvary Community. How about you? That people like you and me, average people, are just hungry for more of God, not just to live within these walls, but to go out there and make an impact in the world around us. And uh, I think we're tired of too often our past, our experiences of the past, informing our present and determining our future. And it needs to change. In the power of the Holy Spirit, by the death and resurrection of Jesus with a loving God in heaven. It needs to change. And it begins with you and I. New life requires not only forgiveness, but it requires healing. It requires healing today. And it led me to think differently about Father's Day. Think differently about it. To be honest, the easiest thing in the world would be for me to preach a five-point message on how to be a better dad. But that's not where my heart is today. I told Pastor Daniel and Taylor at lunch that that probably wasn't the direction that the Lord was leading me. Let me say this, dads, we do honor you today. You are critical to your family. You're critical to this community, to this church, and to this civilization. We need you. We need godly men. We need men who take seriously the call to fatherhood, who take seriously the call to, to godliness. We need that. We, we, we are on the brink of craziness And we need men who stand up. And I'm not taking anything away from the ladies here, but man, we need men to stand. 
and be, be held accountable as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ today. So we honor you, and we've got a thing, a pop for you out there, Dad's Coke, or root beer, and so that means we love you. And so that's important. But uh, the truth is, and I want to say this, and I want you to listen, a lot of you guys had great dads, and you need to praise God for them every single day. But to be honest, there's a lot of men and women in this room who their Father's Day isn't all that great. They struggle. They struggle with remembering. They struggle with some things of their past. And they may never let you let on like it because we, we men, we got a pride problem, to be honest with you. We just do. But you're the ones I want to talk to today. And if you had a great dad, if you have a great, uh, a great dad, then you pray for me and you pray for them in the midst of this service. Is that okay? Because we got to... We gotta move beyond the, the facade and the pretense and get down to where some of us may be living today. And we're gonna start with this passage of scripture, Matthew chapter three, 16 through 17. And when Jesus was baptized, listen to this passage, in light of fathers, immediately he went up from the water and behold, the heavens were opened to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him and behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. I think there are men and women in this room today who are hungry to hear those words. Who are hungry for someone to say, that's my son. Man, I'm proud of him. That's my daughter and she's the apple of my eye. I think there are men and women in this room who would long to hear someone say that because their fathers never said these words, I love you. Mine didn't until I was in my 30s. Never said those words. I think we're hungry for that today. To hear the words, I'm well pleased with them. They matter. They have worth. They are important to me. I mean, honestly, if you were being baptized, the Holy Spirit comes in. How would you feel to hear that today? How would you feel this morning, some of you, to hear these words, maybe for the first time, man, you're my son, and I love you. You're my daughter, and I care deeply about you. I, I value who you are. There's every one of us in this room, we are born needing to know we're loved. Every one of us is born with the need to feel valued. Every one of us is born with the desire to feel worthy and to feel blessed, but far too often, many children in this world, even within church families, are left wondering if they matter. Just nod your head because you know I'm right. I mean, I've been in this thing a long time, I know. Looking to feel valued. On this Father's Day weekend, we need to admit that many of those words of worth, of affirmation, of love, of blessing, they never came. And Father's Day for many is a difficult time. There are many in this room who carry the painful memories and emotions due to their relationships with their dad. Things that maybe you've never talked about because they hurt too deeply. Having said that, I want to remind you, just starting out where you already know I'm going, there is a Father in heaven who loves you. There is a Father in heaven who says you matter to him and you have worth and there is hope today. The first step in, in the healing of spirit, in the healing and becoming those men and women who God wants us to be is to acknowledge that many of us have what, what some call father wounds We've been, we've been dealt a wound, some by omission, some by commission. 
Mary est estimates that over 800 of the 800 people have gone through brave. 80, 80 plus percent of them struggle with father, father wounds. Things that happened in their past. I've, through the years, I've talked with men who were at my age, in their 30s and 40s and 60s, <laughs> who struggle looking back on their lives in the past and still dealing in their senior years with things that happened when they were much, much, much younger. In my own life, there, uh, there were wounds inflicted not by my dad out of cruelty, but out of ignorance. Because he was raised that way. And I've done the same as a father. As I've said before, it's a wonder all my children aren't in counseling. It's still early, they probably will be. We live in a fallen and broken world and fathers, father wounds are all too common. Some happen simply because of neglect that convey the message that we're unimportant. Some who spent their lives working or doing this or that, it's just neglect. It's nothing nefarious or villainous. It's just they neglected. Some are absent through divorce or through separation and even death. Some, it's because of abuse. Some children have lived lives in the, in the confines of, of sexual abuse or mental abuse, physical, even spiritual abuse, abuse. There are people in this room who had fathers who were like that Marine drill sergeant kind of guy who just had that excessive domination over you and you couldn't breathe. Others just didn't know how to extend love, so they withheld love and affirmation and blessing today. And, and whether or not you in this room today choose to acknowledge it, those things, those, those emotions, those feelings, those interactions with your dad, they have tremendous impact on us. They impact us deeply in profound ways. It affects our relationships, even in the present with our spouse. It affects how we deal with our children. It affects how we live this life. Because of what took place then, it affects our relationships. We get shut off from each other. It affects our self-esteem. We feel less than. It affects our ability to trust even God. Because we think if he let us down, he'll let us down. We start believing the lies. We start believing that you are this way and you'll always be that way or you're that way or you're stupid or you're ugly or you're unworthy of love. I don't know why we ever had you in the first place and we buy into the lies. And by the way, on a tangent here, the enemy of your soul loves a good father wound because he'll manipulate it. Those experiences lead to beliefs about ourselves that influence the actions of our lives. They in, those experiences with the father wound changes and, and warps our beliefs that lead to actions that are inappropriate, that gives us a result that God never intended for our lives. We build walls and we work harder. We distance ourselves from our feelings. How many guys know what I'm talking about? I'll leave it alone. We're desperate for the wheel. It's got all, never mind. The counselor showed it to me and I didn't like it then either. I think, worst of all, we, we hear this about the abundant life. You hear a guy like me stand up and said, and you can have this abundant life. Jesus said you could have life and have it more abundantly. And, and in the back of your mind, you're wondering, well, why can't I? What's wrong with me? Don't I deserve it? Why can't I experience the joy of the abundant life? I think the abundant life begins not just with salvation, but it begins with healing. 
that we need to deal with those things. We keep pushing down and pushing down, knowing that one day it's all going to come up. We wonder why we don't get to participate. It's because we need, and it starts with healing. It starts with addressing the things that steal our joy, that steal it today. And then it, it, it bleeds over into how we, we perceive God, our Father in heaven. Sometimes our view of God, the Father, is contaminated by our earthly fathers. We see our heavenly Father, our, our heavenly God, is angry all the time or untrustworthy or judgmental or we're quick to punish. He's quick to punish and slow to forgive. We transfer what we feel towards our earthly Father to our heavenly one. So my question today for you and me as we talk about fathers in a very real way today, how do we push back against those perceptions of our heavenly father? Because it's imperative today for we who are called according to his purposes to have a, 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 an appropriate healthy picture of who God is today. To see him in his fullness, I think we have to take some time to understand his heart, to read those verses that says, for God so loved the world, and we understand his heart, and we understand the fullness of his character, and we read about his plans in scripture to give us a future and to hope, and we invite Jesus, hear what I'm about to say, we invite Jesus into those wounds. We stop building those brick walls and saying, stay out, we let him in. Finding healing not only do we see who God is, but we seek healing and redemption. We seek it. We become hungry for healing. That's something deep within us. Maybe the Holy Spirit speaks to you and says, you know what? There's some issues that you need to deal with. You know, I've been going to breakfast with my Uncle Hugo. My Uncle Hugo is 92 years old. 92. And I've been asking him questions because when Uncle Hugo, he's the last of my dad's brothers, five brothers, and he's the last one. And when he goes, all my family history goes with him. There'll be no one I can ask anymore once Uncle Hugo passes from the scene. And so I sit there at Denny's up on the hill and I, I ask him, I, I ask him questions about my dad. I ask him questions about his life. Did you know my, my, my grandparents and my dad, they were sharecroppers, never owned their own home. They lived in rented homes of the farm they were working on. Never had electricity in their home until my dad was in the eighth grade, and that's because the milking barn had to have electricity, so they ran one single bub over to their house. My dad never experienced indoor plumbing until he was in ninth, eighth or ninth grade. Didn't own a stove or a refrigerator. They were in that era where they had an ice box and the guy brought the th big thing of ice. Didn't have a telephone. Had nothing. My grandpa had a fourth grade education and was very quiet. Very quiet and very strict. My grandma struggled hearing from Uncle Hugo with anxiety and with fear. My dad's oldest brother, uh, when my dad was 19, he, he died in a car crash down in Kelso near Chehalis. As I heard and I was listening to Uncle Hugo, things about my dad fell into place. And I began to understand why dad was the way he was. Dad always had a fear when Ron and I left the house and he would call around for us. Well, now I understand. He was afraid. Used to drive me crazy calling around for me. Made me so mad I wanted to, to I just wanted to. 
my dad would carry a big wad of $100 bills in his pocket. Dad did building on the side. He was successful at it. Always carried a big wad of bills and, and drove a big yellow Cadillac. It was embarrassing. <laughs> but now I get it. Dad wore a fake Rolex watch on his, on his wrist. But with gold, inlaid gold and diamonds all around it. Well, now I get it. See, when you've lived with scarcity, you want to prove to yourself that you have something and that you matter. It's easier for me to understand my dad now that the way he couldn't handle his emotions, that the way he could never say I love you was because he had never heard it. Saying I love you was as foreign to him as speaking Italian. Because he couldn't understand those words because he had never heard them. All he understood was his dad and how his dad did it and the circle he ran in. So not only do I need to understand my heavenly father, I need to understand my dad. Because then and only then can I extend forgiveness. Say, dad, it's okay. Because you lived in the truth you had. Forgiveness isn't condoning the past. I look out at some of your faces. I know you've been to hell and back. Mary never shares one, one instance or story because that breaks confidentiality. But the overwhelm, overwhelming thing is that a lot of people in this room and in the brave study have gone through hellish times. No one condones that. No child deserves to be abused in any way. It's wrong. But when I say you need to forgive them, I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about you. See, we can live in resentment and bitterness, but all that breeds is more resentment and more bitterness. When we talk about forgiveness, it's not setting them free. It's releasing you from the grip of bitterness and resentment and hatred. Not even for their benefit, but for yours. And there are men and women in this room, you need forgiveness not just for them, but when you forgive them, maybe, just maybe, you can forgive yourselves today. Forgiveness for hurtful words, wounding actions, for not showing love or withholding blessing today. By the way, we just need to say it, 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 this journey of finding redemption and wholeness cannot simply be found in and by yourself. You need a community around you. You need community. Healing is rarely accomplished in isolation. I, I, have, I have appreciated my time with Dr. Wexler. The brave people who bind together to work through things. Dealing with wounds can be challenging. And we need community who can provide encouragement, understanding, guidance, and prayer. We need each other to make this life and to get through these things. I think thirdly, not only do we need understanding of God, do we need to extend forgiveness, not just for them, but for ourselves, but we also, we need to rewrite the narrative. Some of us are living by the old narratives and it's not working for us. We need to rewrite the narrative by the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus to the glory of God. The wounds that you carry do not define you. They shouldn't define us through the power of the Spirit. We have the power to rewrite our stories that just because those things happened in the past do not need to define my present and they do not need to determine my future. 
God alone is able to do that. He's worthy to decide my steps and where I go and how I live and the response of my life to these things. May I just say this, we need these things and we need to rewrite their narrative so we don't perpetuate the cycle of abuse. Right? So that we don't perpetuate it and, and keep the generational sin, the generational cycles going in the name of Jesus. Somebody's got to break it. Somebody has to stand up and say, I don't have to be my father. I don't have to be my mother. I can be who God has called me to be and I can break the chain, the cycles today. Who you were doesn't determine who you have to be. Think finally, we need to embrace grace and truth. You need, at some point, the truth of this book, the power of the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, you need to accept with grace and truth that you've been accepted by the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe he never did, but that's okay. You have a savior, his name is Jesus, who accepts you fully, 100% today. You need to realize and say these words over and over as you rewrite your narrative, I am chosen. I am loved, I am God's creation, I am forgiven, I have been redeemed, I will never be left or forsaken, I possess an eternal inheritance, and nothing, absolutely nothing can separate me from the love of God. Nothing today. As we close this morning, I can't help but go to my favorite father's story in, in scripture, it's Luke chapter 15. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Could talk for an hour about that. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let us eat and celebrate for my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. You know what? I love this story. The Bible says when he came to his senses, in other words, he had that defining moment. As we close today, listen, focus right here. It says when he came to his senses, when he came to himself, he had that epiphany, that wake-up call that said, I'm sitting in a pig pen, but I don't have to stay there. Life is messed up, but it doesn't have to stay that way. He comes to himself and he says, I gotta go home, I gotta go see dad. My favorite part, because this story's not about the son. The Bible says he's, dad sees him afar off, a ways off. You know this part. He sees him and he recognizes him and there's something about that moment that he gets up from wherever he is and he starts running toward his son and the Bible said he's filled with compassion. And he takes stock of his son. I don't know, maybe he's still covered in pig slop. I don't know. But he's a mess. Dad sees that his robe is just a little too worn. He's lost his ring. There's no shoes on his feet. And this father turns to the people around him and says, hey, let's go get a robe for my son. 
Find him a ring. Put shoes on his feet. What he's saying is, let's restore my son. That's what he's saying. Let's restore him. Why? Someone may ask. He says, my son, he was dead and now he's alive. He was lost and now he's found. And we're going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate my son. I guess my point would be this. You have a father who wants to celebrate you. He loves you. You are not defined by your earthly father. You can be defined by your heavenly one who says you have worth and you have value. You are worthy of a fresh robe. You are worthy of the ring. You are worthy of the sandals. You are worthy of killing the fatted calf. You have worth today. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day today. See, I did this because I think you can handle it. That at some point, because of what you want and you're seeking in your spiritual dimension, your spiritual life, you want to go deeper. Well, this is where it starts. It starts with healing. Healing today. So they're going to sing and then we're going to pray. Then we're going to get a dad's root beer. Let's worship the Lord just for a moment right where we're seated. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to partner with us in sharing Jesus and helping people experience life change, you can support our mission by clicking the link in the description. If this message has impacted you, please subscribe and share. To learn more, visit wearecalvary.com. We'll see you back next week.